Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Now, we are dealing with red flags today. Red flags. Everybody say red flags. I mean, this is going to be interesting. You know, red flags, I'm thinking of captioning it. I mean, this would be nice, right? Red flags that lead to red cards. (laughs) <laughs> you know, but no, okay, just leave that. You know, but what's a red flag? A red flag is used as a warning of danger. A red flag is used as a warning of danger. Okay, so what we're dealing with here, and you got, you got to pay attention to this, is red flags in relationship, discerning worrying symptoms in relationships. Okay, so, um, so most of us here, almost everybody who lives around this region have had fever one time or the other. Am I right? Okay. Now, if, you, if, if somebody has fever, what are some of the symptoms? Those of you who are expert doctors who never went to medical school. Where are the doctors who never went to medical school? What are some of the symptoms of fever? Come on, you got to talk this evening. What are some of the symptoms? Huh? Somebody say malaria. Is malaria and fever not the same thing? What are some of the symptoms? Not the name of the sickness. The symptoms. Headaches. High temperature. Cold. What? Joint pains. You look like a doctor who has never practiced. Okay, what else? Weakness of the body. Huh? Loss of appetite. Now you, have, you already have the fever. That one is not even symptoms. You're already sick. But beautiful. Now, when you see those symptoms, listen to this, those symptoms tell you that there is a sickness. So now, listen carefully. Listen carefully. The symptoms shows that there's a sickness. The sickness can be cured if you admit there is a sickness and, it, and, and then you want to be cured. Right? So, if I give you all these worrying symptoms in relationship, it doesn't mean a relationship should end. It's just that there are symptoms that if they are treated, the relationship can be whole. If they are not treated, the relationship will have fever. Do you get the point? Alright. So number one, and I'm assuming that this is a born again relationship. I'm not giving you skills for girlfriend chasing. I'm not telling you how to be skillful in iniquity. So, <laughs> fine. So we assume that both of you are born again. Number one, motives. Motives. I was studying the book of First Samuel, and I never really saw this until I started reading First Samuel a couple of. I think I started in October, and it came so strong to me. First Samuel chapter eighteen, verse twenty. In fact, I've read I've read this story many times, but the Holy Spirit highlighted this, and I'm like, wow, this is good for the singles fellowship, because I've already crossed that stage. First Samuel chapter eighteen. Verse 20. Now, this was when David, uh, this was when David conquered and all of that, you know, and Saul. Verse 20. Now, um, what's, it, what's that name there? Micah. Makili. <laughs> Misha. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, when you don't know the pronunciation of anything, any way you pronounce this is correct until you are corrected. Okay, so in your ignorance, your, pronunci- your pronunciation is correct until somebody who really knows it corrects it. So if you can call it Mishal, you can call it Mikal, you can call it Mikali, okay, but don't call it Michelin. Alright, now Mikal Saul's daughter loved David. The daughter loved David. When they told Saul, the fiend was agreeable to him. So the girl loved David. They now told Saul, your daughter loves David. David, Saul agreed. Saul thought, I will give her to him that she may become a snare to him that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. 
Therefore Saul said to David, For a second time you may be my son-in-law today. Interesting. This girl loved David. The father now said, I will agree to this marriage so that this girl will be a trap for David. So what's one of the symptoms in relationship? It is when the family you are in relationship with have a motive for acceptance. So, you like this girl. You want to marry this girl. But you, the, the family are quick to say yes because you are an escape route from poverty. That is a red flag. You know why? Because immediately that source of income dries up, you become a worse son-in-law. You know when you marry people, even though you're not marrying, instead of marrying their whole family, you've got to be able to, by the Spirit, discern the reason for acceptance. Do they really think? How many of you have heard people marry into families where they say, my mother-in-law does not like me, or my this thing does not like me? You see, as much as we want to say the marriage is between you and this man, if your family does not give absolute acceptance to that relationship, even though the wedding is over, you will now go to struggle for acceptance. So you now hear a case where a child is giving birth to the grandmother says he's not coming. And then you now hear, ah, since we married, they have not always supported us. But sometimes there are underlying motives that a family can accept. You and this person can genuinely be in love, but there is a motive for the acceptance. So you've got to deal with that. Why exactly is this person accepting or not accepting? That is one. Number two, you've got to find out why does this person really love me? What's the motivation? A man can pro- propose love, but his motive is just sex. He can say, I love you from heaven to earth. I even love you to hell. But his motivation is just sex. A lady can propose love, but her motivation is just security and financial freedom. Or a lady can say, I love you, but the motivation behind that love is that she's running away from family troubles. So a lady grows up in a place where the parents, I mean, there's so much crisis at home, and she just wants to quickly marry out. So even though she's professing love, the underlying motive is an escape from a home where there's no acceptance. Are you still with me? So while we are engaging relationships, the motives must be Discerned. How do we discern motives? Three ways. Through prayer. Through prayer. Take time to pray. Take time to pray. Don't pray before you fall in love. Okay, don't pray after you're falling in love. Sorry. Pray before you fall in love. Because once you have prayed, even in your dream, you'll be seeing the person. Hmm? So take time to pray that God will purify your motives and God will expose motives that are not right. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Sometimes, people can just marry for fame. Hmm? They just say yes, because this person is famous. Motives is key. Because if the motive is discerned, then you can really know where your place is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Most of us seated here today, I mean, I, I absolutely agree. Not every... Not every girl comes after people because of money. Not every girl. I absolutely agree to that. But you realize that most times if you have a whole lot of resources in your side, you will not even know who genuinely loves you. Because a lot of people will love you, whether you're a, a man. When, if you're a lady, then it's a bit different. Because men are a bit scared of ladies who are a bit wealthy. Which is also a self-esteem problem. There's no problem there if your wife is richer than you. But you shouldn't be aiming to marry somebody in that sense where you are richer than so you can oppress them. If your wife is blessed, she's wealthy, not a problem. But are you, are you following what I'm saying about motives? So if you talk to Saul, Saul will say, oh, I don't have a problem. Ah, beautiful, beautiful, go, go ahead. But the motive of Saul was that this lady would be a trap so he can catch David. And so the motives are big. The why of a relationship is the first step to any relationship. 
the why. Why is this relationship? And I really need to deal with this. Why are you going into a relationship in the first place? I, you know, sometimes people come to me all the time and they're talking about relationship. And I ask them one simple question. Are you ready to marry now? And they say no. I'm like, so why? Say, we just want to know ourselves. Let me tell you this simple truth, eh? and you've got to pay attention to this. Let me tell you this very simple truth. When you are ready to get married, knowing people will not be that difficult and complex. Your readiness will determine the people that would appear in your life. I really need everybody to pay attention to this teaching. Pay attention. Don't worry about those who are not here or those who are coming in. Pay very close attention because in dealing with married couples, and dealing with sometimes crisis in marriages, I've identified that many people ignore these red flags and it later turns out to be the reason why there's crisis because they ignore these red flags. In fact, every marriage that is going through crisis, if you ask them, they will tell you this person had this tendency, but I thought he would change. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you would have heard that. Ah, he was like that, but I thought he, was, he would change. You cannot put your, your, your life at risk of, of thinking that someone will change. But let's go through this. Have, have, you, have you gotten that about motive? So, the motive of a relationship is key. Now, why am I getting into a relationship? Am I ready to marry? If I'm not ready to marry, or, or if I'm ready to marry, how long do I want to wait before I get married? There was something uh, my wife did that I love so much. When we we're talking about getting married and taking our relationship further. I proposed a couple of, I think it was two years or so, I can't remember specifically, but I said um, yeah, can we be in a relationship, would marry at this time. She just simply said, I will not be able to wait till then. This is around when I, I want to get married. It was straightforward because it was either for me to decide, I can go with that time frame, are you hearing what I'm saying, or do what? Or leave it. Some ladies you need to just be firm. You are in a relationship. One year, two years, three years. Where are we heading to? We are still looking at things. What are you looking at? Even if you have gone to buy onion, you would have, you would have seen cheap ones to buy and come back. Some ladies are just so... And that's why I tell every lady, you must have a self-identity in Christ, know who you are, in as much as it's a man that will ask your hand in marriage... You don't have to always look like it's a man doing you a favor. I don't know how to put it. You don't, you know, every, every, every demand they bring, you accept because you just feel, no, 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 no. Listen, okay, I like you, you like me, we want to get married. When it's your plan to settle down, three years time, <laughs> sorry, I won't be able to wait for three years. One year and a half is fine. Oh, sorry, by then I'll not be ready. Finish matter. There is no need to have an entanglement because emotional entanglements are difficult to break. And that's why you see that people love people. They are dragging. You know, I don't want you to raise your hand because some of you are in that shoes. You've been in a relationship for four years. What that means is that if somebody started a hundred level course as of when you started your relationship, they would have been a graduate and be going for youth service by now. That's what it means in practical terms. You, un, you know what it takes to have a university graduate. Assignment, project, school fees, house rent, you know, tra traveling. That, that is the emotional weight that you have been in a relationship for four years. And I say this, this is a matter of personal preference. I've never been an advocate of long relationships. Because what I've observed over time is that as the relationship lingers, you know, all kinds of excuses will begin to come. And you know, there's what we call shadowing in school. When we're in school, you're not going out with this brother. You're not in any relationship with this brother. But the, bro the brother is shadowing you as a conductor of your boss. Anybody who wants to enter, he has to collect change from them and return change. Until all of you will now leave school. You now discover that they have gone to marry. And everybody is like, I, I taught you before. He said, nothing, no, nothing. Define things clearly. Be very clear. We are just friends. It's nothing. What level of friendship? You don't have a relationship with someone. All your social media status, all your pictures, hugs, they are almost like pre-wedding photos. And both of you are congratulating yourself on that. Ah, my dear, I, I miss you, I miss you. And everybody just assumes you are in a relationship. Don't let genuine people walk away from you because of emotional immaturity. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Ah, it's just my friend, but she's on your screensaver. Go and pick a footballer or pick a tree or put a dock there. Don't give yourself emotional entanglements that will not lead to productivity. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? We've got to tell ourselves the truth. And if you're a man in anybody's life right now, define where you are. And let me tell you, I, I'm, 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 let me tell you, I'm really hoping I can finish this tonight. Let me tell you, even if you don't have money, right? Even if you don't have anything, and you are in a genuine relationship, I believe that if you find a lady that's genuinely meant for you by God, they will do whatever they can with you and get the marriage process kicked off. My own life is a testimony. It wasn't like I was very wealthy when I got married. But both of us understood where we are going. We understood our vision. We covered ourselves up many times. There are certain times, I mean, we're studying, there will be some demands from the family. She will say, oh, no, 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 no. He cannot afford that right now. But it's not the same now. It's not the same right now. The Lord has blessed us. What I'm trying to say is there is nothing that you can use as an excuse for not getting a relationship to the level of maturity. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't allow any man use you for emotional stability. No relationship. Every relationship takes a level of commitment and energy to sustain. No relationship thrives on its own. From ministry to friendship, including marriage. So what I'm trying to say is this. Any relationship you're in right now, it's taken from you. It's taken from you. So it has to lead somewhere. So before you get into any relationship, ask yourself, am I ready for marriage? If I'm not ready right now, then fine. You know, a lot of people have asked me many times, why did you marry very early? It was very clear. I knew I was called into ministry. I wanted to get into ministry married. I didn't want to do ministry as a single. And so that purpose determined, and that's why we had to get married at the time we got married, and both of us went into ministry at the same time. So there was a clarity of purpose there. If you feel you are not ready to get married now, you don't need to hook up emotional entanglements. And I'll tell you the truth. If you see who you want to marry or who likes you or whoever you want to get married to, you will know. A lot of all these things we do is because we are exposed to a world where it's almost like if you don't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, it's like something is wrong with you. Your friends will even organize. Nobody, they say, ah, no worry, no worry. My, my younger brother's brother, he said, he does not have anybody. You know, we almost look like it is normal to always have somebody. And that's where convention needs to be birthed. Are you here? Number two... So we talked about red flags, motives, motives. Pay attention to the dominant conversation. Every time you people talk, what stands out? Judges 16. Judges chapter 16. If you have questions, you can be writing them down. Judges chapter 16. Uh, Verse 15. Then she said to him, you know the story of Samson and Delilah. I mean, they have used this to preach a lot of time. But look at this. How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have deceived me these three times and have not told me where your great strength is. Look at verse 16. And it came about when she pressed him daily, pressed him daily, pressing, daily pressing with her words. She pressed him daily with her words and urged him that his soul was annoyed to death. Can you see this? Daily, the dominant conversation. When you and this person sit and talk, what comes out daily? What is that word that this person used to press you daily? Every time Samson and Delilah were having a conversation, it is, where is the secret of your power? Where is the secret of your power? Three times he deceived Samson. And Samson did not see that as a red flag. What eventually killed Samson? The same Delilah. Every time you sit with this guy and you people talk, dominant conversation is sex. It must end in 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 sex. Pressing your soul daily with words. Pressing your soul daily with words. That is a red flag. Or you are with this person in relationship. Let me not use boy or girl now so that it won't look one-sided. 
You are with this person in a relationship. All the talk is money, 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 money. You would realize that that is somebody that can trade family for money. What's the dominant conversation? The dominant conversation of Delilah and Samson was where's the source of your power? Where's the source of your power? Where's the source of your power? And this led to his death, but he did not pay attention to that red flag. What do you talk about all the time in your relationship? What's your dominant conversation? What comes out every time you talk? Where does the matter end? Does it end with emotional blackmail? If you love me, you will kiss me. If you love me, just this once. Oh, sorry, I won't do it again if you love me. That's blackmail. That's pressing your soul daily with words. Hmm? Look at what he said to, to Solomon. I'll read it here. How can you say, I love you, when your heart is not with me? You have deceived me these three times. And have not told me where your great strength is. Look at the girl saying they have deceived that three times. It's a girl that bound Samson with new ropes and called his enemies to kill Samson. Yet with emotional blackmail, he said, oh, you have deceived me. Somebody wants to kill you. He now says, it's you that deceived her. They say, how can you say you love me? And you know, some of you are like that. You have saved money to do projects. The girl will now be crying. Say, even now that you are calling me, I can't see the screen. My tears. <laughs> they start doing Shakespeare for you. Oh, my tears are filled the screen. See, not the screen, not I. Yeah, I say, okay, okay, okay. This money is my project money before. Say, even Romeo died for Juliet. What is project? Hmm? Every time you are in this relationship, you can never accomplish a financial project. Because immediately you want to do something financial. Somebody must die in the family. Even though you are not an in-law, you attend burial with, with family close. You know, you know some things are just m- m- mental cases. You are not in-law, but then they say, yeah, if, if you say, you let my people see you, if you are joining us like that, it will be easy. You are not in-law. You now start where they put in-law canopy. You are at the back. We, they now give you a, a, a phone. Say, just be snapping us since you are not real in law. Be snapping us. They will hold goats, you will snap. They will, then at the end, they will now say all these things for the go. You are dressed like family. All those money you use for transport would have been used to initiate. You know, I'll talk about that. Where you play husband and wife when you are not even married. Hmm? this. Pressed him daily with her words. Words can press you daily. See, people can pester you to accept a relationship. They will pester you. They will wear you out with words. So you've got to be careful. And the, he, he did not identify that this girl wants to kill me. It's the same thing. Sorry, if I use girls a lot, just reverse it, okay? I can't be saying girl or boy, but it's the same thing. This boy wants to destroy my destiny. And this was a red flag. But Solomon did not, I'm sorry, Samson did not pick it up. What later destroyed him? After a while, he got tired. I said, my hair has never been cut. They cut the hair, put as his eyes. But there was a red flag there. He didn't pick up that red flag. First Kings chapter 11, 14. Another red flag. What they draw your heart towards. When you are in this relationship, what do they draw your heart towards? Do you get better in a relationship? First Kings chapter 11 verse 14 first kings am i right no 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 that's not what i want this is talking about solomon the scripture says that the women he married drew um his hearts to begin to worship idols sorry i got my scripture wrong there that the women he married began to draw his heart towards worshiping idols now you realize that one of the things that affected Solomon so much was the fact that the women he married pushed his heart towards what? Towards the worship of idols. Pushed his heart towards the worship of idols. The relationship you are in, where does it turn your heart towards? You used to be firebrand. You got a hold with this man. And all of you abuse dating, dating, a calendar. Hmm? You are dating this person. Your prayer life has gone down. 
Let me tell you something. Eh? Look for somebody who believes very closely to the way you believe to get married to. If not, it's going to torment your soul. If you are somebody who likes Instagram, hmm? anywhere, any junction, if you are in a bus, every junction somebody comes down, you must come down to take picture and snap. Look for a man who doesn't mind holding the camera for you and snapping you like that. If you are somebody who is conservative, look for someone who is what? Conservative. If not, these things will become issues later. Look at this. Are they getting your heart bitter? Are they getting your heart pure or impure? Hmm? Are you losing your, consen- your concentration? What do they encourage you to do? Where are they drawing your heart towards? Are they drawing your heart towards saving? Towards investing for the future? Or they are drawing your heart towards, let's burn it now. Let's show the town. Ah. Okay, thank you. 11.4 For when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away after other gods. Even in marriage, these symptoms, the fact that you have married, you must keep that marriage in track. Are you hearing what I'm saying? These things I'm sharing, you, sharing with you are life-changing. They will change your life. This issue of relationship, don't stress the way the people of the world are stressing over it. Let me tell you the truth. Hmm? All this, you start one today, you close. You start, know what you want from day one. So when it comes, those who you don't want will naturally disqualify themselves. Just naturally. It's called the principle of selection. If you have that identity, and one thing I realize is that it's not about going around, looking who I go marry, who I go marry. You know, you come like you look, ah, no, that one is too thin. That one is too... If you are not busy, you will choose the wrong person. Just get about with purpose. And you realize that things will align. Pray about it. Cast that care on God. I need to run fast. Um, so, what do they draw your heart towards? I like this one. Unwillingness to commit to the marriage process. Please, endeavor to get my book, Love, Lost and Lies. I don't know if we still have copies available. But endeavor to get it. In Second Samuel chapter 13. Please go with me quickly. Second Samuel. I need to finish this. Second Samuel chapter 13. You know the story of 2 Samuel chapter 13, Amnon and Tamar? Okay. Verse 1. Now it was after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a beautiful sister whose name was Tamar, and Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Amnon was so frustrated because of his sister, Tamar, he made himself ill. You know, you can fall in love with somebody, the person does not accept, you start growing sick. For she was a virgin, and it seemed hard to, to Amnon to do anything with her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shema, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very shrewd man, cunning man. And Jonadab taught Ammon how to do everything and Ammon ended up raping the sister. Now, another worrying sign, red flag you should check, who are the closest friends to the person you want to get married to? Find out their friends. Their friends have more influence in their life than you thought. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's your guy. Who are his friends? What do they talk about? Hmm? What do they talk about? What is the dominant conversation of their friends? In a relationship, these are the things you should be looking for. Let's say something happens in the relationship, you report to their friend, then they, 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 their judgment is not different from what the person has done. And you know it's wrong. Realize that they see things from the same perspective. Check their friends. This guy's friend if, the, if he didn't have this friend that gave him this wicked counsel, he would not have raped this young lady. Go and read my book, Love, Lost, and Lies. I talked about this. The scripture says, after she finished rape, he finished raping Tamna, that the hatred with which he hated her was more than the love with which he loved her at first. And that is why, let me tell you this very clearly. If you are in a relationship here, especially a godly relationship, sex is only after marriage. Don't think anybody would love you because of sex. If you life have more styles than all the porn actors and actress in the world, be as flexible as anything in this world, do any style unimaginable. When they are done with you, they will look for the next person. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sex is was not designed to satisfy man. So if that is your 
uh, uh, action points to tie him down. By the time you are done, they will leave you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Anybody who cannot wait in the first place, the, the Spirit of God is not in him in that sense. So you've got to make sure that you are not using sex as a glue for the relationship. That that's what holds you people together. You, 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 you finish correctly. Then you now make up with sex. I'm sorry. He has already started kissing you. That's not, it's not, sex is not a repairer of, of quarrels. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And, and I mean, when I teach singles, I'm straightforward. Because I don't expect that you came here to hear what you already know. And the reason is because why I'm saying these things, even in marriages, there are marriages that there are issues and the couples do not have enough maturity to talk about them. And they keep covering it up and covering it up and covering it up until the marriage cracks. So you've got to understand. After Ammon slept with her, the scripture says, this first Samuel, second Samuel thing, that the hatred with which he hated her was more. But let's go to here. So number, number what now? Number four. The friends of the person you're in a relationship with. Then, unwillingness, this is very important, unwillingness to commit to the marriage process is a red flag. Hmm? Look at this. Look at what the girl even advised her. He said, he said to him, O oh, son of the king, why are you so depressed? Morning after morning, will you not tell me? The almost said, I'm in love with Tamar, the sister of my brother Absalom. And give him all those wicked advice. I'm just going to... Verse 11. We'll come back. But let's look at verse 11. When she brought them to, to him to eat, he took hold of her and said, Come lie with me, my sister. Verse 12. Look at, look at. It says, But she answered him, No, my brother, do not violate me. For such a thing is not done in Israel. Do not do this disgraceful thing. He said, As for me, where could I get rid of my reproach? And as for you, you'll be like one of the fools in Israel. Now, therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. I mean, when I read this, I'm wondering... If you really love this girl, the girl, the, do you realize the girl did not say, I don't want you. The girl said, don't rape me. Don't force me to sleep with you. Go to the king. Just ask for my hand in marriage. The king will not withhold me from you. But this man did not listen. That means he did not really want to marry this girl. You are in a relationship every time that you have to go and visit his people. That is when the dog in the compound will die. Ah, the dog just died. It's been three years. Unwillingness to commit to the marriage process. Every time you raise the issue of marriage, unnecessary anger comes up. And this is a marriage matter. When I've told you, I've told you time to start number. I'm putting one or two things to Oga. Explain those one or two things. Explain it. Explain it. Are you doing building block? Every time you talk about marriage, there's quarrel. That's a red flag. Huh? That's a red flag. Unwillingness to commit to the marriage process. Just speak to the king. And he will give me. No, you want sex. But you don't want to pay the price in that sense for it. Huh? You want a girl that will wash your clothes, will be there for you emotionally. Hmm? When you are feeling headache, you use the girl's breast to rest. Pay the price for the breast. No. Proverbs says, let the breast of your wife satisfy you. No. You want the breast of another's daughter to satisfy you. You don't want to pay bride price. And you are very cunning. You are, the, you are the first one to ask for forgiveness. After iniquity. Say, let's ask God. Oh, Jesus. We have done it again. Oh, Jesus. You are, you, to, to show you are shrewd, you are cunning, you are a wicked man. Then you stay away for two weeks again. Until your heat comes. They said, don't worry. Said, ah, is it not your father? I'm even dialing the number now. Just be pulling your skirt. I'm dialing it as well. I said, don't worry. Before we finish, the number would have finished ringing. Hmm? Unwillingness to commit to the marriage process. Let me tell you this, this same truth. I've said it all my life and I believe it. 
It's cheaper to take care of a wife than take care of a girlfriend. Far cheaper. You know, I mean, if you're married, sometimes you give your wife money or you want to buy some expensive things. You say, no, let's use this to cook in the house. And you have a girlfriend, you even tell you that's not enough. I say, ah, that's... <laughs> I say they are not using Infinix again. They are not, they are not using Infinix again. I say, but it's a phone that is produced. They are not using it again. If you want to marry, you will marry. There's a favor that comes with that process. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, many people who wanted to marry, if they really wanted to marry, they would have married around this COVID period. I believe that COVID came as a global discount. For, you know, if I wanted to ever marry, that I've not married my wife, God knows, we would have married this COVID period. Ah, it's only 30 people. Ah, it's only 30. It's only, and with enough space in one year, one year, one year. Just 30 plates of food, you are done. Anybody who really wanted to get married would have married. All the ones that are saying, let's wait till COVID is over. Then when COVID is over now, they'll say, ah, onions that we were supposed to use for the, onions we are supposed to use for the rice. You are, you, it's you that even went to the market. It's not me. How can we now give people rice without onions? Another one year will enter. Are you hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> if you want to marry, you marry. You are not serious. Don't waste your time. There are serious people who want to get married, want to settle down, move on with their life. Don't go about with a playboy. You didn't come to this world to be uh, making your waist available for people who want to take pictures to hold. That's not your purpose. Every time you are bending your neck, you, you, they are helping you to hold your head. You will throw hair this way, they will catch it this way and snap. You can't do that for the rest of your life. You find something else to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All those, you see, a time must come where you have to be serious. You, you just have to be serious. You just have to be serious. You just have to be serious. And in your seriousness, you eliminate time wasters. I love you. I love you. Okay, fine. Leave this love language in clear terms. What do you want? What process are you committing to? What are your vision? What are your values? One, two, three, four. It will not work. You move on. I mean, you don't have to be rude. But you know what you want. Exactly. Are we still together? So, unwillingness to commit to the marriage process. Then, the next red flag. So, this is very important. Sadly, <laughs> I know someone whose relationship have lasted very long because one person is unwilling to commit to the marriage process. On both parties. Hmm? At least, go and see the people you want to marry. Go show yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Go, just go. I'm interested in your daughter. Establish that that one is free. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm interested in your... I mean, be bold enough to go and meet the family. I'm interested in your daughter. What's the process of marriage? I mean, when I was... When myself and my wife, I think our relationship was maybe about a year and a few months or so, thereabout. I mean, I was in the state. She, she grew up in Jaws with, with... She was with her auntie in Jaws. And when we talked about, okay, let's marry, the first thing was, okay, come and see my people. Let them know you want to marry me. I traveled all the way from just, you see what love can do to somebody. From worry to just 12, 13 hours. Start journey 7 o'clock. You will arrive like, you know those journeys, they'll be calling you. Where are you? Where, where are you people? Where are you now? Where are you? Because there was no money to enter flight, so your mind will, go, your mind will not remember that there's airport in that city. Do you understand? Showed up in her auntie's place. Oh, okay, fine, awesome. Every time you talk about seeing your people, you say the place is far. You are not ready. You want to combine transport. Eh? But yes, the money you are spending is more than the transport fare. That's a red flag. That's a red flag. And the reason sometimes is that, I'm sorry to say, sometimes ladies, you make yourself too cheap sometimes. Too cheap. Once somebody just writes more poem, I love you. Oh, without you, oh, hey, is it true? Oh, is it true? And then you commit. You already have committed. The person can hug you the way they want, kiss you the way they want, do whatever they want from you. Why would they be in a hurry to go and pay your bride price? You're already available. You're already cooking. I'm going to talk about that. Those of you who are playing husband and wife, you go to the market, you will cook. That he wants to test uh, if you can cook for him. 
is here. Let me tell you something. I'll tell you later. On ethical inquiries and demands. Second Samuel chapter 13. I'll tell you later. Look at this. Verse 10. Then Amnon said to Tamar, Bring the food into the bedroom, that I may eat from your hand. So Tamar took the cakes which he had made and brought them to, into the bedroom to her brother Amnon. You see, one of the things that hurts in relationships so much is when you enter a relationship with your naive mind and the other person is shrewd. On, on ethical demands. Huh? Look at what he said. He said, bring the cake in your hand. Come and serve me in my bedroom. And my sister in the Lord went like that. Hmm? You know, sometimes, I'm sorry, I might be a bit old school. Not like I'm very old, but just there. I've told the ladies around me these words, dear, sweetheart, honey, honey pie, uh, donuts, uh, uh, tomatoes, pepper, reserve them, reserve them, reserve them, reserve them. Every boy that is your friend is dear. Uh, it's nothing now, it's just dear. When you now marry, what will you now call? You don't have any word again, you have finished them. It might look like uh, I'm old school, I'm not modern. But, uh, you know, sometimes I just wonder. So, so what is all this? Oh, sweetie. Oh, sweetie pie. Oh, honey pie. Oh, honey bunch. What's, what's all that? What's all that? And then you hear two matured adults. This one is thinking something else. This one is... I'm not thinking that there's nothing to eat. Okay. He said, come, I want to eat from your hand. Meaning there was no plate again. And then bring the food to the bedroom. Sister's sense did not go that this demand is now becoming what? Unethical. The young man will always visit you when your father is not at home. You too will present the timetable. Hmm? Always like you wearing certain kinds of shirts. Ah, I like your lap. You say, oh, there's nothing here. Say, yeah, there's something. That is why I even like you. So you have now you become a specialist of wearing miniskirts to please him. On ethical demands. Once certain demands are being made on you, you realize these demands are beyond certain boundaries. That's a red flag. Hold on. And pause. What's going on here? And the reason sometimes you don't see anything with this is because you yourself, you want them to. That's the problem. So we are assuming that in this relationship, one person is normal. We're not talking about a relationship between two abnormal people. Because if Tama was also abnormal, he would not have resisted him. So your resistance also shows where your value system is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Because... We, we are assuming right here now that at least one person is sane when all of these insane things are happening on ethical demands. What demands are you being placed either as a boy or as a girl on that relationship? Then, uh, on ethical inquiries and demands. Okay. The next one is what I wanted to talk about. Plain husband and wife when the process have not been initialized or completed. Hmm? As much as you are in a relationship, there are certain things you should not do. The person is not your husband yet. You are in a relationship, planning to get married. He's already seizing your phone. Hmm? He's already seizing your phone. Hey, bring the phone here. <laughs> you know, sometimes I even wonder, we brothers, what is wrong with us? Already seizing phone. You are banned. Don't call Esther again. Don't want you to call Esther in this house. You are not married. You are already saying in this house. She not call Esther. Let me tell you what should happen. And please pay attention to this. If you are in a relationship, there should be mutual honor. Come on, everybody say mutual honor. What that means is that the man respects the lady the lady respects the man. If you say I should not call, in quote, Esther anymore, is there a reason? 
both of us talk about it and we know and see the reason why calling this my friend is injurious to the relationship. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And the reason is this, and you've got to give me attention to this. The reason is this, most people don't do this. That's why they get into marriage relationships where they don't even have a voice. They don't even have a voice. You should be mutual. Then, let's go on. Lack of communication. Lack of communication. If you're beginning to find it difficult to talk about issues or express how you feel, things are bothering you, you cannot say it clearly. He cannot hear you. You can't talk. Hmm? When it will seem most important to be open and honest, they distance themselves emotionally, leaving their partner hanging on having to deal with situations on their own. Often, communication is through moodiness and sometimes silent treatment. When you are angry, there is no communication. You talk often. Hmm? Got to watch it. Because let me tell you, in marriage, crisis will come and both of you will need to talk. You must learn to talk from your relationship. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? So you watch communication. Once, there's, there's it, once you are finding it difficult to communicate in relationship and understand yourself, then that's a red flag. If there's number one problem I've seen in most marriages is communication. Hmm? To communicate. If something is wrong now, my wife wants to tell me. She will tell me. She will have the boldness to come and tell me. Oh, this, 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 I'm not comfortable with this. She's got that open space right from day one. There's something she's doing I'm not comfortable. We can talk. We can talk. Are you hearing what I'm saying? One of the key things I think that have helped our relationship so much, and God has blessed us with a beautiful relationship. Last, uh, what was that? 17th. 17th, we celebrated our 13 years in marriage. 13 years anniversary. And God has blessed us with an incredible relationship. And you know the reason? It's because we listen to each other. And one of the things I have said from day one is to assume responsibility in the relationship. Something is going wrong, I'm looking to fix it. I'm not looking for blames. So communication. Number th- num- the next number, I don't know what number you are. Irresponsible, immature, and unpredictable. Hmm? Some people have trouble mastering basic life skills, taking care of themselves, managing their finances and personal space. People cannot hold on to a job. Hmm? They are always sacking him. Those are red flags. Can he manage his own life? Can he manage his own space? Can he manage his own finance? And the reason is because when two of you become one, his weakness will become your weakness if you're not strong in it. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? So you've got to check all of this first and deal with them. Is this person matured enough to hold himself up and manage himself? Can he manage his friends? Hmm? You're going out with someone. Every word his mother says is law. Hmm? If his mother says something is law. Do you hear him posting constantly your presence? I don't play with my mother. I don't play with her. What she has done. There is nobody's mother and father who didn't suffer for them. Don't threaten us with yours. And then tomorrow you get married. Your mother now says she needs two more children. Because of your mother. Your wife now has to give birth to two more. And you are not considering the economic implication of two more children. So if you don't deal with that in the early days of relationship, when it's not time for you to go through two pregnancies because the mother wants to carry more grandchildren, hmm? because in their family, nobody gives birth to two. It's four. And now you have two. So two, you must complete that family equation. Your own womb will now become the, the laboratory for completing family children. When even on your own, it's not something you want to go through. You've got to watch that. Are they people who knows the boundaries of where their family is? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying now? And I need to sound it to men because it's, it's almost like, I don't know what some of us are becoming. We're almost living like we have to repay our parents and we repay them at the expense of our own dreams and happiness. 
I respect my parents. I respect what they've done for me. I respect everybody's parents. But there is a point where you say, listen, my parents end at this point and from this point onwards, it's my call and my decision. Hmm? So you get married, go to a house, your mother will come and your, and your wife will be watching TV. Your mother will now switch the TV on. God knows. God knows that day she will leave. It is not a, it's not prayer, your uh, prayer point. Uh, what would your mother think? If she, if she was thinking, she would not do that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I mean, my parents know. There is, there is a, you know, see my wife here. There is a boundary you don't cross with her in the authority she has in my house. Nobody crosses that boundary. Nobody. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Ah, will you not marry? Ah, forget your family. A man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. Can you read English? What does leave means? Because we have spineless men getting married to women and stressing other people's daughter because they can't say no to family. Oh, my mother, when everybody left us, my mother was there for us. Oga, leave story. Do you know that every parent has a required civic and spiritual responsibility to look after their children? There is what you call basic responsibility. Some of the things you are crying for, hey, my papa, what my papa did for me, is basic responsibility. It's just poverty that is amplifying it. It's basic. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All our parents suffered for us. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? You know, in some of my single series, I'm a bit straightforward because you, you are wise already. That's why you are in a relationship. It's the extra wisdom I'm giving you here. Put boundaries. It's not when you die tomorrow, they will now send your wife packing and send, do you understand? Oh, do you understand those madness? And it's because all from day one. Hmm? So, what is the red flag here? How do they balance honoring their parents and giving you the honor you deserve? How do they balance that? Hmm? <laughs> it's like when my, I think. For let's say, if let's say I'm not in, the, I'm not around, and my wife gives birth, for instance, and my wife gives birth, and I need my wife to go somewhere, probably maybe go to my mom's place or go somewhere to stay and do something. The way our relationship is designed is for myself and my wife to agree and say, listen, this is where we think is good for us, and I say, listen, this is where we are going, and that is it. You're already in a relationship, planning to get married. Your mother is still boasting in the presence. It's me that married him. Anything I tell him is what he will do. My child does not play with me. I say, yes, mama. Yes, mama. Yes, mama. Run. Just run. Because there's nothing like marrying a man that is, or a woman, who is not the control to that man and that woman. You are not seeing it. <laughs> you finish making decisions. This is what we want to do as a family. They go and sleep. A WhatsApp come. Be careful. Then tomorrow, your wife wake up. See that thing we talked about. I'm not sure. To, what happened now? Nothing. It's just, I just have a feeling. You know, that feeling, you cannot know where that feeling is coming from. It will cause you problems. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, how do you see that red flag? Is there a balance between honoring their parents? I mean, there's a place for honoring parents, right? But there has to be a balance between honoring parents and focusing on this is my decision. This is my responsibility. Another red flag. We'll do four more. Lack of trust. If you have a problem with trusting someone, please put a pause. Hmm? When a person has difficulty in being honest with himself or herself, it may be hard for them to be honest with you. 
So you've got to look at it. Is there trust in this relationship? Is there trust in it? Once there are, once trust issues, that's a red flag. You need to watch it. Is there trust in this relationship? That's a red flag. Then controlling behavior. Similarly, a partner may attempt to divide and conquer. Driving a wedge between you and other significant people in your life. Hmm? Controlling behavior. There should be a place for mutual accountability. But there should not be this control. Control. This domineering thing. Especially it comes from us guys. Just dominating. Hmm? Let's say for instance. You, you are in a relationship with someone. And you give them a phone. You buy a phone for them. Right? If, if as an adult. You have bought a phone for a lady. Right? Right? Are you here? You know, sometimes when people are talking again or there's a crisis in that relationship, they did not say, hey, oh, yeah, let me have the phone. I bought it with my money. <laughs> Actually, if as an adult you buy a phone, you're in a relationship with somebody and you give them the phone, it is theirs. It has become theirs. You know, we have this mindset of everything I buy for you is for you to be loyal to me. And so when I'm not in a relationship with you again, I begin to collect refund. Hmm? Yeah, let me have my phone. Let me have it. And you too, because your anger sometimes blinds you, you will now remove SIM and give phone. Until when you now go home, you now realize, ah, I would have kept that phone. Keep it first. Think later. Get angry. Take it home first. Then detain the phone there. And these things are subtle, but you've got to watch for them. When there is crisis, are they quick to begin to count everything they have done? These are red flags. Because those are people who try to use gifts as a means of control. Even when you get married to them, whatever they buy for you, I mean, God forbid, it never happen. But if I have an issue with my wife, God knows I will never say, yeah, but I bought this for you. But I bought that for you. It doesn't make sense. Listen, if you, if, if at that, you know, what people don't, don't see is this. At the time you bought that thing for that person, it's not the context of the crisis you are having now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's that, it has nothing. You know, sometimes we only do this because we're the ones that buy things for people. You know, it's rare for you to see girls buying stuff for, for guys because of the way our society is. And most guys would not even accept. So because we always have the tendency that we are the ones that buy, we now use that as a leverage of control. And that's not a good sign. Somebody should be able to give you a gift. And that's why sometimes people just buy gift for you, buy gift for you, and assume that you have said yes. Because they interpret gifts as hidden messages. That's why sometimes also when you are collecting gifts, you also have to be careful because you have also put yourself as a receiver. Go and walk and buy your own things. Don't enter a relationship empty-handed. Hmm? Just get into a relationship. Everything. Sometimes just say, no, it's fine. I'll sort it out. Sort yourself out. So that you don't go and collect. <laughs> In our youth service, we used to call it unpasteurized milk. Hmm? And collect things you shouldn't collect. And now you're not, you're not indebted. You know, some of you can't say no to certain relationships because you are feeling so guilty. Look at your hand. The wristwatch is his own. Look at your body. The shirt. The blouse. Your wig. Your glasses. Some of you, uh, even uh, bra and pants. You are giving him size. He's ordering. 32D. 34DE. Uh, 14, 14, and what is all that? What is all that? What is all that? There are certain things, even as a lady, you should say, listen, this will only happen after now. Don't throw away your self-respect. You would always need it. So that when you enter a conversation, you're entering a conversation intact. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Next red flag. Feeling insecure. 
if the relationship makes you to feel insecure, that means when, you, when you're in that relationship, your confidence is not at peak level. That's a bit of a red flag. Every relationship should bring out the best in you. Alright? It should strengthen you. It should strengthen you. That's why I always tell people, try to marry within your level. If you're not very educated, don't now go and marry somebody who is speaking Queen's English. Every time he's talking, you will say it's correct. Even though the English is not correct. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So marry within your... I mean, if you are level 10, you can marry 5 and 15. Don't go to 25. Because by the time the love has cleared, you will come back to the reality of life. You will not have anything to talk about. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's always somebody who is appreciable at your level. And that's very important. That's very important. Most times people, if you look, my, look at my book, I talked about the uh, fundamental laws of relationship. I talk about the law of corresponding value. Somebody you can pour value into also and they can pour into you. Don't raise your level too high. And this also has to do with age. You are 25. You can't marry somebody who is 45. Eh? And when you're talking, he's talked to you as his wife. When you're talking, when you know that the, the discussion is falling on, he says, shut up, shut up. I can be your father. It's not for marriage. I can be your father. Who are you? I, I mean, what will you say? What will you say? Eh? For you now, and I say, children of nowadays, you don't have respect. He's talking to his wife. The man doesn't know when. Yes, I know. <laughs> go and look for your age mates. They are available. Now marry somebody that when he's angry, he starts bringing out his birth certificates. Then before you know, he says, I will slap you. He says, I will slap you. Even your father knows we are age mates. <laughs> and then what will you do? <laughs> you now go and report the man to your father. And then your father now says, hey, but you know, he's your uncle. <laughs> his father says, your, say, we don't talk back to her. That's, he's just, we will talk to him. We talk to him. That's your husband, no? They now bring cola nut and good head to talk to him. It's because you said you were in love. Now go and marry, since you have married your ancestor, go and, go and, go and, go and, go and tell him that you don't agree with what you're doing. You've got to watch these things. Don't let your emotions go before your sense of reasoning because after the wedding, there's a whole life for you to live. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You've got to watch that thing there. Last one, abusive behavior, which is part of what I talked about. Abusive behavior. Hmm? If there's any form of abuse, please put a pause. Verbal abuse. Hmm? Call you names. Shouldn't be called. Emotional abuse. Psychological. And if there's physical abuse, run. The one thing I will never understand in this life is why people are still in a relationship where they are beaten. I don't get it. I, I don't understand it. Give you one slap, give you two slaps. And then later I say, he say he's sorry. He can say he's sorry from a distance. You see, let me tell you something. It's not the beating you that's the problem. It's a problem actually, but in the sense of what I'm saying. The fact that he cannot control the anger is the problem. Because one day, he will go and slap an army officer and they will beat two of you when you don't know what he did wrong. So the issue is if you, if you, if you think your body can take slaps, not the problem. But the day he will now go and slap somebody he should not slap. Because he's used to not controlling his anger. If he has an anger problem, you are not the Holy Spirit. Direct him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I say, I love you with the love of Christ. And because I love you, I will send you to somebody higher that can help you. His name is the Holy Spirit. I like, uh, I will change. Not a problem. I'm not against you changing. You change there and I'll be watching you. Once I've seen you change, I will come near you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Physical abuse. Listen, physical abuse is an absolute no. Don't take it. As I hear of couples who their husband will be beating them when they are pregnant. It did not start then. And the funny thing is that most couples who are under physical abuse, they were signs of abuse and they ignored it. Are you hearing what I'm saying?
as close as myself and my wife, I, we, there's no day I jokingly, jokingly say, ah, I will slap you. We don't even joke with it. There's no joke. You can, you can joke with anything. Don't be joking with slap. Ah, if you try this next time, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you. No, 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 no. Don't speak English. That thing you just said, out of the abundance of a man's heart, the man, let's, let's check what is in the heart. I was just joking. Don't worry. I've observed. Watch the dominant conversation. Hmm? The ability to control his anger is key. And that's the key thing. Don't take emotional abuse. Don't take psychological abuse. So these are some of the red flags that I need to watch. Our time is up. I still have a whole lot more, but I need to close now so we can take questions. Have you learned something this evening? I didn't, I didn't hear you. Have you learned? Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.